Welcome back to Sports with Friends. This is episode 345. I'm supposed to know that before I hit record, but sometimes I don't. I do know who today's guest is, and it is a very cool guy. who are going all the way to Monaco, uh, of all places. Yeah, when I think of Monaco, I think of James Bond. I think of gorgeousness, and it's a place, it's on my bucket list of places I definitely want to see. If, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know my affinity for the sport of Formula E. If you follow me on social media, I love Formula E. I think Formula E is the only racing sport that I pay attention to. Uh, we have had an F1 driver on, Lance Stroll. This started uh, way back in episode 138 when we had Sir Richard Branson on the podcast. Uh, it was when we met... Alejandro Agog, one of the founders of, of Formula E. Formula E is made by the FIA, which is the same company that makes uh, Formula One. Formula E is all electric cars. And what I love about it is I like the environmental commitment that this sport is making to making sure the consumer cars that we drive are more energy efficient and can get the most on a battery charge. I've been to half a dozen races. I'm planning on going to a couple of races in the future. We've had a bunch of Formula E drivers. Uh, uh, Sam Bird, uh, episode 185. Episode 194, Luca Degrassi, uh, Formula E driver. Jack Nichols, the play-by-play announcer for Formula E. We've had him on episode 208. Dario Franchitti was on. He's another uh, former IndyCar champion, but he is also a a Formula E broadcaster. He was episode 308. I mean, we've had a lot of guys. Uh, Formula E Nissan driver, uh, Sebastian Buemi, we had on. And today is no different. Andre Lauderer is a racing driver for Formula E. He races for Porsche. He was formerly with uh, Tachita. That's when I met him uh, back in 2018. Um, he has since moved on to Porsche. Um and he lives in Monaco. And like I said, he, he's just living a very cool life. And I'm thrilled that he's going to take some time out from his prep and everything else that he is doing, getting ready for this week's race to chat with us here on Sports with Friends. So Andre moved from Tachita to, to Porsche. And this season, if you're listening to this podcast when it's released, uh, they have a big race this upcoming weekend, actually two big races, Saturday and Sunday in Rome. And Andre is currently fourth in the overall behind Eduardo Montara, Dick DeVries, and Pascal Verlein, uh, his Porsche teammate. So Porsche has three and four. Um, Andre Lauderer is such an interesting dude, and he came in second in Mexico City, another race that I've been to, Um but Rome is a really cool place. First of all, it's Rome. And secondly, uh, what is so cool about it is the way they block off this huge chunk of space. And it's literally on the old streets of Rome. It's, it's really, really fascinating. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Those races will take place and they'll be on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, so you can get that if you have cable or if you don't. The CBS Sports Network is pretty easy to get. I have it through Hulu. Uh, Rome is April 9th and 10th. If you're listening to this in the future, you know how uh, Andre did in this race. Uh, do us a favor. Let us know on social media. want to also thank our sponsor, Tiege Hanley, for sponsoring this week's episode. 
Tiege Hanley, if you're wondering what that is, and I'll explain more in greater detail later on in the episode, but it's uh, skincare for men. A lot of people think skincare, they think women, we think about men. And we are pleased to go uh, halfway around the world to uh, visit with uh, an old friend, Andre Lotterer from the Porsche team in Formula E as they continue with season eight. Andre, thanks so much for doing this, taking a, a quick break uh, from the busy training session to hang out with us and slum around on this this podcast. Thanks for doing this. Welcome. Thank you, Seth. Thanks for, for having me. And uh, let's have fun. So new team. Uh, so what did you have to do? Like get all new clothes? Did you have to start uh, changing your business card? Like what happens when you change teams? What you, you throw all the stuff away? Do you donate it? Is there's like some country in <laughs> Africa has a bunch of team Audi stuff? Like how, how does that work? The, the official way is actually you have to give back your team kit and then it gets, uh, I think it gets burned or actually because otherwise uh, um, you have people running around uh, in, the, in, in the wrong team kit. But um, uh, <laughs> no, in my case, uh, I've been um, actually with Porsche since 2017. So um, even though I raced um, uh, Formula E or my, my, I debuted Formula E with a, another team, I was still on the Porsche contract. So okay. um, because um, I was racing for them at Le Mans and after 2017, they stopped, but uh, um, I stayed with them and uh, I still had a nice uh, Porsche company car, although I was racing, racing for, for another team. Um, so I was on standby. And then when, um, when Porsche joined Formula E, um, I already had experience. So um, I was ready to jump in. I was I always wondered that about like consumer cars, you know, when you're when you're not racing, you know, anytime I've ever seen you, it's been at a race. So I just wonder, like, if you're on a team, so you're you're on team Porsche. Does everybody on the team have to drive Porsches? Like, can some guy drive a Hyundai and, you know, all of a sudden now everybody looks at him funny or her? Unfortunately, we have to. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, us drivers, we uh, we're privileged. I think um, I think all the, the employees have the option to to have a, a good deal, and um, I, I don't know exactly, but uh, it's definitely um, uh, an, an option. And in our case, as uh, of course, as 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 the professional drivers, we are. Uh, we also used, um, let's say, to, to represent that, you know, we, we obviously the, the, the image also of the brand. I mean, we're sure. not as close as how big Porsche is as a brand, but as in combination, it's quite nice. So, um, yeah, depending on your needs, you, you, you can choose the, the car you like. So in my case, I went through different models through Panamera, 911s, uh, GT3, Taycan, you know, so it's, it's, quite good uh good options there i just imagine the faces of the people listening to this podcast going oh my god he's got that he's got that oh my goodness <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh the sport continues to change uh next year they're going to have the generation three car uh they've had the generation two car for a good couple of years i remember my first year that i covered this sport they didn't they had you had to switch cars uh mid-race and, and and i always thought that was 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 really unique um, but everything seems to be changing and evolving. And that's one thing that I've been very impressed with is the growth, not just from a popularity standpoint, but from a technology standpoint. 
How do you think it has evolved over your time as a Formula E driver? I know you do other things, but as, just, just from the electric car standpoint. Well, it's the most important aspect, I think, of motorsport in general to, to involve and, and bring more performance uh, on, on the table. So um, in, in Formula E, it, it's, uh, it's a big new chapter in motorsport in general. So um, b before joining Formula E, it already started, you know, um, decades ago with, with different things like seat belts, disc brakes, you know, and, and this kept on continuing and uh, me racing at Le Mans witnessed racing with uh, with more uh, with diesel cars and then becoming hybrids and then the, it, it really accelerated very fast and then from Lee um, was born and uh, at the beginning like you said two cars to try to cover the, the distance uh, but very quickly teams and manufacturers uh, understood how to extract more efficiency out of it and um, to, to basically develop um, uh, everything around it. And also the championship um, uh, providing a really good platform um, with, uh, with the Gen 2 uh, with only one car and faster cars, more efficient. So um, th those changes are, are very quick. And now Gen 3 is arriving with uh, um, a lighter car, uh, the ability to maybe drive four-wheel drive to, to harvest energy on the front axle. Um, it is, uh, uh, it's becoming really, really high performance, but at the same time also, uh, it's a platform that that uh, gives the opportunity to all the teams to, to be at a, a similar level of performance. So, um, whereas Formula One, um, each team individually brings their their technology. So you'll always have the same guys uh, at the at the front and 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 the, the lesser performance guys at the back. Uh, that's that's what's cool about uh, Formula E is that not only the manufacturers but also the championship as a whole is is pushing um, technology forward. You know, like the uh, the batteries were were done by McLaren. I think they're changing for the Gen Three, so they're really uh, putting out um, the challenge to everyone to bring the best technology, and then they choose what's best for the for the championship. And uh, I think Gen Three will be a big step for sure. This episode of Sports with Friends is brought to you by Tej Hanley. We've talked about a lot of different things lately on this podcast, including a lot of healthcare stuff from men's sexual health to immunity. We're trying to get out of the pandemic mode and into a regular lifestyle, and we just want to be healthy. Tej Hanley fits that mold just fine. It's a men's skincare company that helps guys start and maintain a healthy skincare routine by making the process uncomplicated. A lot of us, including myself, have never had a skincare routine. But I got a shipment of Tej Hanley stuff, and I've been using it, and my goodness, I feel great. Every box comes with an instruction card that tells you when to use each product, how much to use, and in what order. I recommend the Level 1 skincare system. Level 1, easiest way to get started. It comes with all the basics guys need to take care of their skin. Here's an example. The products include a face wash, an exfoliating scrub, an AM moisturizer, and a PM moisturizer. Those two are different. 
The AM1 has SPF 20 because you should always be protecting your skin from the sun. I paid the price for that. I didn't have sunscreen and I was out at an event and I got super sunburned all over my nose, my forehead. When I was sunburned, I wanted something just like this. But the best part about it, this has an instruction card. It's like the greatest American hero losing it. I was lost. Tiege Hanley has membership benefits, including free US shipping, money back guarantee, access to exclusive deals, and at least 20% off the retail price. There's no lock-in contract. You can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. One little nugget that they don't put in the notes, my wife and kids actually think this stuff smells good too. Don't just take my word for it. Google Tiege Hanley. They have over 5,000 five-star reviews on their website from customers around the world. And because Tiege Hanley is sponsoring today's episode, they're offering you a great deal. Just go to Tiege.com slash SWF for Sports with Friends, and you'll get 30% off your first box, plus a free gift. That's T-I-E-G-E dot com slash SWF for Sports with Friends. That's an amazing deal. Men, we need to start taking better care of ourselves, and skincare is tops on our list. And ladies, yes, I know you listen to the podcast too. Do me a favor. Call a male friend, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your brother, whether it's just some guy you know, and say, do me a favor, listen to this podcast, and get Tiege Hanley, and tell him you heard about it right here on Sports with Friends. The argument that I immediately saw, so uh, I came in to Formula E, the first race I covered was Paris, I want to say 2018 or 2017. It was definitely pre-COVID. I, I remember that. And what I thought was the, the, this is the only sport that could actually change the world because one of the markers to evaluate the sport, and I, I understand the popularity part of it, and I understand um, the competition aspect of it, but these companies are burning you know, the, the, the candle at both ends to come up with ways to have the most efficient battery. Well, whatever battery you're evolving into, take that battery and put it into consumer cars. You know, it all, all kidding aside, and Formula E's experience should help the electric car, meaning when electric cars can go faster, you know, on city streets, you know, everywhere, not in racing circumstances, then regardless of who wins and regardless of how popular the sport is, it's doing a real service to the world. That's different than any other sport. That's different than football. That's different than baseball, soccer, whatever it is. It's completely different. And I, I find that part of the sport fascinating. Yeah, this is true. This is uh, the, the relevance that, uh, that we, we can bring onto the table. And this is very exciting. And, um, also, is the first time me personally as a driver where I'm I'm I'm, I'm seeing a real shift in in, in focus and in, in how meaningful things can can be through your sport. Before it was more like okay, who is the fastest and uh, and the cars? Yeah, they're quick, they're cool. But when I joined Formula E, I I, I managed to, to start to see that from a completely different aspect because we bring the races. To the people in the cities, inspire people, represent the the race of the future, 
um, and um, with, with more efficiency and pushing the technologies to, to their limits through racing um, in, in a green way. It's something really, uh, really cool. And um, besides the fact that the championship is super exciting and uh, very uh, entertaining at, at the same time, because of the, the, just the recipe of racing in city tracks um, with similar cars is, uh, is a show added to it so i think uh the yeah the combination of everything is is great and 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 yeah bringing more special materials to to, to make better batteries and who knows what's coming in, in in i don't know in three four five years with uh with with even better technologies but the fact is that um it's it, it's uh, without emissions so this is we have the opportunity to to really um to, make, to, to bring a strong message and really also go into cities that um, where people had no idea you could race and do high performance with electric cars and really change the face of, 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 uh, uh, of the vision people have of electric and make it cool also. This is an, it's going to sound like an obvious question, but there's always a great story to this. Um, the, the answer to how did you decide to go from you know, diesel and, and, and regular engines to, to go to Formula E, you, you did it because you had a job and you had an opportunity. So I, I know the answer to, the, to this question, um, but how did the opportunity come about for you to join this circuit? What did you know about it? Was this something that somebody kind of surprised you with? Was it something that came into, what's, what's the story of how you came to embrace this particular sport? Because the sport's young enough that no one grew up wanting to do this. You know, I um, we joke with Jack Nichols all the time. Like he's the only person that thinks that he's the Formula E fan. Like no one, no one grows up to be a Formula E fan, but now you seem to have embraced. Yeah, completely embraced. And um, it's a mix of things. So first of all, as a, as a young uh, upcoming driver, you start with karting and then you look up, you want to Formula One, but then you see there are also other categories. And the big dream um, is to become a, a, a professional works driver and to, to, to be part of a manufacturer. That, that, that is, there, there are not many drivers that have that in the motorsport world. So um, once you join a, a, a top manufacturer and you're contracted with them, um, you, you, you'll be in, in, in relevant championship uh, by default. So in my case, it was at Le Mans for many years with Audi, then I joined Porsche and, um, and um, you're part of this, this, this family. So um, then uh, they, they go through different championships and uh, as Formula E came up, it became the most important and most relevant championship for, for, for Porsche, for example. So um, me being a, a, a Porsche works driver, um, having the opportunity to, to, to join that challenge with them together um, is, is something that, that becomes also um, very, very important for yourself. And uh, um, at the beginning, you know, some people believed in Formula E from the beginning on. Me, as I was involved in, in endurance racing, I didn't look at it straight away from the beginning, but I, I saw it growing fast. And um, it, yeah, it, it, it became really important. And now it's a, it's a world championship. So with, with the best drivers, the top manufacturers. So um, it's, 
for, for sure some people still maybe miss the sound and everything or, or, or maybe don't get it fully but I think the challenge uh, is, is incredible. I, I always say to people, I was almost on, on, on kind of uh, a vacation before I joined Formula E because it's so complex. You need to, to, to do so much homework to prepare so much because every meter on the track, you try to, to drive it as efficient as possible to, to beat the others and um, to make more out of, of less. And um, the, the challenge is, is very, very exciting. And uh, uh, also the, the the, the adrenaline and the excitement before the race, before qualifying is, is, is massive, it's huge. So yeah. um, just even emotionally, it's a, it's a really fun championship to be in besides the fact that it's a relevant championship and that we, we, we send out a strong message to, 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 to change the world on top. The, the, um, the neat thing uh, about the, the races, um, and we, you know, when we had Sam Bird and Luca Degrassi and Sebastian Buemi on, on the podcast, um, we we talk about the reliance on the team, right? And it, it, this is not a uh, let's compare racing. Let's just in Formula E, the reliance on the team because they're monitoring the battery more than you can as as, as you're driving. However, <laughs> there's this this there's this thought. Uh, going into any particular race that the trust between the driver and the team has to be a thousand percent because if they tell you to ease up because you need to conserve battery or if they can tell you hey we have excess in battery you can you can floor it i mean for for lack of a technical term there you have to just believe that they know what they're doing and if they make a mistake you're you're kind of making the mistake with them, even if your instinct is different. The trust between a team and its driver is one of the most unique relationships. That's, that's more than a marriage. I mean, you, no one trusts another human being that much. And it's, it's in a split second. And if they say green, you have to follow that, that logic, no matter what. I couldn't imagine. I don't know if there's a human being on this earth that I trust that much. It's because we all have one goal in common and it's winning. And um, I think uh, discipline is, uh, is, is definitely key. But I would say it's, it's a very 50-50 relationship in Formula E. Um, for, first of all, I have only one person talking to me, which is my, my engineer. But he's in touch in the, with, with the back office. Uh, he has a team. team. He has like seven, eight yeah, people there. Exactly. Um, and, and also back home, in, uh, um, you're allowed to have a few, few people through network that are also calculating things. So um, the, the way it works is that when I, when I cross the line, um, I get a pop-up on my, my, uh, my dash with a, a cryptic code, which I, I, I give to the, uh, over the radio to the team. In there, in that, that crypto, it's, there are different figures hidden. Um, every team do it a bit differently. So they know exactly if I give them the code, how much I, I, I consumed, and if I'm on target or not. And um, if I don't give them the, 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 this message, they cannot help me. Right. So the, the only thing they, they might be able to see is the battery temperature for safety reasons, uh, but this will not really influence anything. That's not going to so make the difference you, going from no, sixth to third. 
No. So you really have to communicate uh, with the team accurately and they have to trust me that I'm also following my targets because the targets are saved in the car beforehand to say, okay, we do 40 laps. Uh, this will be your, 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 your predicted strategy. And if I deviate from that, they, they will have to, to re-advise me to, uh, to, to correct that, you know. But um, me, uh, if I feel my team is in control and I can, I, I trust them, I feel that over the radio from the, the voice of my engineer, I feel how confident he is giving me the, the instructions. And then we go forward together. It's really um, a, a team effort, uh, to, to be honest, because they have the full vision of the race. They also have my teammate to compare to if, if I'm consuming more or less than him, where is he relative to the others? And it's really a, a game of chess, to be honest. And it's the only championship uh, in, the, in, in motorsport where there's, there's so many uh, little things and, and steps to, to, to place. And uh, the, the race might, lo- might not look good at some point. But at the end, it might it is going to be much better because you were disciplined, or sometimes you get a bit lucky, you know, like you consumed more and then the safety car came. So it's um, but yeah, it's a it's a full relationship of trust. It's something we build also before the race with the homework we do in the simulator. The better you prepare, the more you know what's coming to you and you're in a rhythm. So it's uh, it's 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 really fun to to uh, to do this whole thing as a team. The, uh, the friendships that you have built uh, transcends teams. Uh, you were one of the, the guys. You, you've only said nice things about Jean-Eric Byrne uh, during the course, even though I think privately, I think that you guys have a little bit of a rivalry or, 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 or you know, he, he can be, he can be a, a, a bit of a, he, he's, he's an intense competitor. Like his eyes just like come out and he just seems like he wants to punch the world. Um he noticed he hasn't been on the podcast yet. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the fraternity uh, that uh, has developed amongst the, the drivers that, especially the ones that have been there for two, three, four years, um, the friendships uh, that you have built just from being on the circuit. Yes, there's competition, but I would imagine in this, it's, it, it's very easy to privately root for people that are not on your team, you know, just, just, just because there's some really good people uh, that are affiliated with this circuit. Yeah. I think we can all relate to each other, how hard it was to, to make it uh, into the professional world. And uh, we all started with karting and uh, um, I think a, a lot of the, the, the boys are, are friends uh, since, since they're, they're, they've been in karting, I think, uh, Mitch Evans, Nick Cassidy, I think Tom Blomqvist, they all kind of grew up together through karting. I mean, I'm a bit of a older school guy now, so there's not many, not many left uh, out of my generation, but, um, but yeah, <laughs> on my side. Like you sound like you're like this old guy. Well, I'm 40. I'm racing guys that are like 24, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a completely different thing. So, but it doesn't change anything. Uh, the atmosphere in the paddock is, is very cool. And um, we, we go for a laugh also after the race. Um, sometimes some, some dinners are organized and uh, we, we, we have fun, you know, it, things can get intense, obviously, but um you know, we, the, I think the, the mutual respect is there because we're all on a mission and we know what, the, what 
the sacrifices mean and then sometimes of course like in life you you meet uh, some drivers that you're closer to and and where you're more friends with and um, me also coming from endurance business where we share the car with two other drivers you you go you travel the world together you 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 know you you live your dream you 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 your your work is your passion so um obviously you, you do have a great time with 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 the boys so it's 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 fact and um um but there are championships of course uh, especially in formula one where the first person you want to kill is your teammate um i i don't have that much that mentality me i really want to do my my own personal best and if i do that uh the best i can i i by default shall be in front of my teammate if i'm not then it's up to me to do something better so um, no but you can have a like a subtle you can you know if, if if one of the guys in the in the pit uh screw up and that's why you know you you finish seventh instead of third or so whatever it is uh you know you, you're not the you're not the yeller you're not you're not you're not having the, the drag out fight you're just kind of you know you kill him with kindness you know <laughs> just that that <laughs> passive aggressive like yeah we know we know what you did you know that kind of thing yeah, of course. I mean, you, you have to watch out sometimes for the heat of the moment. Uh, you, you can say wrong things, but over the years, you learn to be professional and uh, just to to move on. You know, there, it's always tricky when it's your fault. It's very painful. But if it's not your fault, you just try to move on. You know, there's nothing can change anymore about it. One thing about Formula E, as we kind of uh, wrap this up, uh, one thing about Formula E that I have... Um been very very impressed with and i just think the idea is very unique is a fan boost um i've never i, I think all sports should have this i, I think that uh, all, all sports should have this this thing where the fans can actually impact uh how you're you're going to compete my question though is how can you campaign i mean you can do shows like this i i guess I, I what what can you do is social media uh, an important thing do you sign every autograph because that person can vote for fan boost uh, it, it's it seems like a really really smart idea but I, I i don't know that a competitor is very into popularity contests yet as the competitor you'd want to win the popularity contest to get the points and get the energy boost it is a great invention of Formula E, and it's the first time I think uh, in, in 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 motorsport for sure. But uh, in 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 I don't know any other sports where the audience can have an influence on on the race. Yet it is a small um, influence. You know, it's a small power boost uh, that can be used to maybe to overtake someone um, at the right moment, at the right time for the ones who get it. But um, what can you do? I think I, I just the way i am and i hope people just like me the way i am because of course we we also uh raise awareness about fan boost when when the time has come and uh we we offer people to vote and um share the link on our social media um, um but uh yeah some drivers are just a bit more popular than others and then you you, you see it in the results it also depends of where you race um like let's say i think when when we race in germany we for sure we see a spike and uh, we we have usually fan boost there but um in, in other countries other drivers are a bit more up and and uh yeah i think it's a it's a, it's a great feature to 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 include the 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 fans in it because you know we, we, without them uh, i think 
everything would be a lot more meaningless. Well, it's it's so smart. Uh, it's just a, it's a smart idea. Um, I mean, the whole thing is is, is smart. We had uh, Alejandro Agag on, um, but when we had him on the podcast, they hadn't even created Fan Boost yet. It was it was one of those things where. Uh, it just seems like a really, really smart thing. I, I wish all sports, like I said, all sports should have a, a way um, to just, I think it would make everybody more uh, fan friendly. Last thing. And I thought about this, um, this, this topic, when I saw my first race, I've seen races in Paris in Mexico, in uh, Italy, New York. Um, I think that's all the races that I, that I've seen Um over the years, um, the first thing I noticed watching qualifying for the first time was the cars sound different. And everybody talks about how an electric car doesn't um, have an engine running, so it, it sounds very, very different. But anybody from my generation, and I'm in my 40s as, as well, uh, if you go to a race and you hear it, if you, you kind of hear it on TV as well, the cars just sound like Night Rider. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it, <laughs> they it, sa- is, it sounds uh, it's, it's just cool like sound. Kit, and, and 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 you're German, so David Hasselhoff's kind of a big deal. So I thought I could I could go there. Don't don't the cars yeah, sound like Knight Rider? It does. Like he has this. Uh, I don't know if I can imitate it. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's a winding sound of the gearbox, a bit of the wind. Um, but it it definitely has a futuristic sound. I mean, um, definitely. Petrol heads might might not agree, but um, it, it is what it is. And um, uh, when I first came to 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 visit the Formula E race in season two, I was also a bit you know a bit surprised. So tried to get used to it. And you know when all your 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 life you watch super loud cars uh, race, it's 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 something to get used to. But um, when you're involved and I think uh, if it's a, a championship that you follow, um, you, you completely make abstraction for it. You focus on the performance. And I think that, like I mentioned before, the show is, is, is fantastic. And, and to be honest, yeah, the, 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 to, to see a car with such high performance and pass by in full silence has something sexy as well. I would say it's, yeah. um, it just, um, uh, represents technology in, 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 in a way. What's the coolest uh, race? What, what, what city is the best place to do the Formula E race? To be honest, we're very spoiled with all the locations we're going to. Um, I mean, they all have a different meaning. I mean, uh, it, it was impressive to, to go to Saudi Arabia for for. To, oh, really? to represent a, a change, uh, um, and that they chose Formula E for their for their first uh, event like that to to represent a change. But then, racing in the streets of Paris around uh, the the location we, we raced that was that's that's, that's very awesome. very pres- that's pretty prestigious. Yeah, around the Invalide, but um, the Monaco race or, seems pretty intense. Monaco, it is cool, but I think because Monaco has such rich history in Formula One, um, oh. I think we we send a stronger message when we race in in other heart of the cities. I remember okay. uh, in the heart of Santiago, that was really impressive. Or even racing in the streets of Rome, who can who can 
say that they, they that they can do that like uh, yeah. for, okay formula one or, or monaco yeah it's obvious it's linked to motorsport but we we managed to, like we're going to race in jakarta and seoul um we, we were going to race in south africa and, and, and but in the heart of seas or hong kong really by the harbor uh, new york with manhattan in the background they, they're all cool there's not one race uh i mean yeah maybe puebla was was not the most fun place to go or, or Sanya, but all the other places were, were really, um, really have a lot to offer. And uh, again, the, the message we send, and it's sometimes it's even for, for many countries, the first time they even have a car race. Uh, and this is something formally uh, manages to, to achieve and, and, and create a change. Or when we raced in Zurich, uh, um, three, four years ago, um, that was the first time ever since um, Switzerland banned motorsport events right. uh, since the 1950s. So this is quite powerful. The, um, you know, you, as, as I'm listening to you, you, you reminded me of something that uh, we didn't touch on earlier, and that is the, uh, the, the idea of putting two races in one city uh, and have races back to back, you know, when you guys did the thing in Berlin during COVID, I thought that was really smart. Uh, it was it was necessary. It was it was crazy, but you know it was it was one crazy week, you know, and you got to finish your championship as opposed to not doing it. I thought that was pretty pretty uh, smart at, at the time. But what about the idea? Like for example, you're going to Rome in a couple of weeks. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know it, when when it comes out, you know you're, the, the Rome race is coming. If you're listening to this in the future, do me a favor. Let me know how the flying car is, and uh, let me know what the future's like. <laughs> uh, what um, what about the idea that you you know you put your heart and soul into the Saturday race, and then all of a sudden there's a Sunday? I think it makes sense to have double headers, uh, just from an infrastructure point of view, to build up the whole circuit, to be able to. To, to benefit and then give the options uh, to, to the people to have a race Saturday and, and Sunday. I think uh, it makes sense. But then um, there, there's the other aspect, like before you used to call someone the, let's say, uh, the Rome E-Prix winner. There was only one, right? Now there, there, there'll, there'll be two. Um, but for me, I think um, it's, uh, it's definitely good to do double headers. Um, it's just as a as a general benefit but uh um i think the mix is good sometimes one sometimes two but yeah maybe yeah the the, the thing is also with double headers you you manage to, to 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 get more races and you reduce a bit traveling so it's there are different aspects to it but um mentally for us it's um it's no big deal you know we we uh, we came from karting where there were multiple, multiple races uh, yeah. during the whole weekend. So um, that's that's not a problem. We can focus. <laughs> um, since you know the the Rome race, everybody's going to vote for for Andre uh, for the fan boost. Um, but what about your social media? How can they find you on social media? They heard this podcast. They say, "Wow, he's a he's a nicer guy." I, you know, I've never seen him with his helmet off. I, I don't know whatever they're gonna say <laughs> uh, to do. Uh, how can people find you uh, on on social media? And how much do you interact with 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 fans and, and and other such? Or do you you know spew off your 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 musings of the day and you know, <laughs> just have a running commentary? 
So yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's my main social media um, account. And um, I do it myself. It's not uh, any PR who is doing it. Don't have it a team. Me. So there's don't not, have a there's team. not an Andre Lauder so Instagram team. Yeah, I get too a many. Twenty-one year old intern. You know, I get too many private messages though to to give the account login to someone else. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so I do it myself, and yeah, sometimes you'll, you 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 during the race weekend you might see a bit of silence because I focus on driving. But um, yeah, I try to interact as much as possible, uh, show insights of um, of uh, of my life, of the motorsport life, uh, of my passion. I have for photography, for classic cars. So um, yeah, always try to 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 um, to inspire people and show the the, the good side of motorsport. Well, we can say this uh, as we have come to 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 wrap up uh, this this podcast. Uh, if there's anything that you heard that you uh, heard from Andre that you have an issue with or, or anything that you didn't like, do me a favor. Reach out to Andre directly and leave me the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, yeah, I check uh, all the messages. continued success uh, the rest of the season. Uh, I'll be at a couple of races later on in the summer, so I'll hope to, to see you in person. Uh, but uh, appreciate the, the, the time that, you, that you've given us, but also uh, the insight as well. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for your enthusiasm and your passion for Formula E. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you and hope to see you soon. And uh, yeah, wishes luck for Rome. Uh, we have a good shot. Absolutely. And Rome is, uh, again, if you're listening to this this week, it is this Saturday and Sunday. There's two races, one on the 9th, one on the 10th. It's Formula E, and we will be watching, and I'll be tweeting about it. And I have so much fun uh, watching these races, and I look forward to attending uh, races in the future. We'll have more Formula E content. Content. I hope you enjoy that uh, because it's been a big part of my life the last couple of years, and thus it becomes a pod- part of a podcast called Sports with Friends. Our thanks to Andre Lotterer for joining us here on the show. Don't forget Formula E races in Rome. And if you're listening in America in July, it's coming to New York. So uh, come hang with me in Brooklyn, and maybe we'll do a Sports with Friends gathering in Brooklyn uh, when people can come check out the race. We'll see you next week with another new episode. Next week, we're going to recap the Masters. That's also coming up this weekend. It's a big, big sports weekend. And yeah, in two weeks, we will do a baseball episode, too. We'll see you then. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. smile Come on, please I'm gone, forget to reach me by phone, because I promise I'll be gone for a while When you see me again I hope that you have been the kind of person that you really are now You got to get in straight, how could I ever be late when you're my woman taking up my time